racy. And again, I've only been in my career for five years, but even still, between then when I started to now, I'm just like, just how much that every school year, I'm like, there are six or seven new teachers. And I'm just like, what is going on? On average, you should have, you should be leaving the career field now. They said most teachers on average are in with or uh, that only last about five years. And that's the majority of teachers. Now, once you're over five years, it, that statistic much changes. But they said the majority of teachers that start out will leave the career field within the first five years. And you know, I just I'm start I'm on my fourth year now. So I have one more before I, you know, hang it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, joke, I love it. I really do. It was great to be able to find a career that uh, gave me purpose after the military. But I can see why we've got it's so tough to deal with everything a teacher has to deal with the demands from the parents and every kid. And I'm not saying this in a negative way, but every parent believes that their child is a special snowflake and needs special attention, which I understand that as a, I've got my own kids in school. But they turn around and they just continue to ask more and more of teachers. Hell, we didn't have an ESE teacher for the first nine weeks almost. And so we had paras that were trying to do the job. I couldn't get a list of my ESE levels for my kids. Not my ESE, excuse me, not ESE, ESOL. I couldn't get a list of where they're at language-wise until we were just finishing up the first nine weeks, I finally got a list to tell me where were my beginners, my intermediates, and the ones that are going to be starting working out of the ESOL program. And there's one, I had the uh, I had a Spanish para working with her. And she's looking at this Spanish para like she's freaking crazy. Because the student didn't speak Spanish. The students speak Portuguese. But we didn't know that because we didn't have access to any other information. Nobody knew to access. We could look stuff up, but trying to find, I, I don't know how the program's out for you where you're at, but the program we have that has all the, the IEPs, 504s, ESOLs, ESC, all that stuff in it is not a very user-friendly. No, and like, again, I don't know how it works. So once again, listeners... Two different perspective. One of us teaches on the West Coast. One of us teaches on the East Coast. So, again, a lot of crossover, but a lot of differences. But no, IEPs and 504s, unless you've been given a chance to understand exactly what to look for and all that good stuff. It's like reading the Rosetta Stone. It's just hieroglyphs. What does this all mean? And then on top of that, too, that's if you're lucky enough to get an IEP at a glance because for whatever reason now granted I've been when's the like last time it was updated exactly last time it was updated but it also goes to two and I've got to see it to sped a little bit and I'm just like it's just as bad for for just gen ed teachers and it is for sped and I give credit to the sped teachers because they do a lot and a lot of people don't understand how much work goes into the caseloads, the IEPs, all the meetings they have to have, it's a lot of work. And I'm just like, it's crazy. I'm like, we need to 
not just support for general ed teachers, but support the support your sped teachers. If you're yes. listening out there, like they do a lot behind the scenes that I'll admit that I did. That I took for granted at the beginning of my teaching career. And once I got to see the other side of that, I'm like, I can't take them for granted anymore because they do <laughs> a lot. Uh, we, we, we had a, a new teacher. He came out from your neck of the woods and or he, from your coastline. Let's put it that way. And he had sped endorsement. And I had three put into my class. And they had a full-time para attached. So all three of them traveled with the one para. And their whole thing in my class, it was social. There was They were not going to get any material. There, were, there was no content out of the class. And I'm like... Why are they in a gen ed class other than social aspect to it? And they're like, we didn't have any, any other place to put them. So I actually traded out. So those three I sent to one of my other history team uh, guys. And he had sped. He had sped endorsed in uh, all that. Since you have experience and you're going to be able to help them more than I could ever. Because my stuff came from an online and it was, I think it was a 20 hour block of instruction on just knowing what SPED stands for, which I'm not even sure I'm 100% on. But I said, I'll take six for these three. So you give me six from your class and you take these three. So it's going to chop your size down. I'm going to get more than 30 in my class because of this. But I can take the Gen Pops because it takes so much to try to get anything. I mean, it's... God bless this man. Really. The Paras... I, I can't say that enough. And I know you probably share the same sentiment. Thank the paras that mm-hmm. come in and make the school because we have it hard enough as the teachers, but these paras really make the school run. And if you are lucky enough to have a para in your classroom, make sure you treat them as an equal to. Don't treat them less than. I've seen some... Teachers treat them as less than, and it is, you want to be treating them as equals because they are, and I tell, I tell my students all the time, I'm like, you know, she's not a paraeducator. She's another teacher. She just does it differently than I do, but she is still a teacher because she's helping Mm -hmm. you guys with everything. So you will treat her with the same respect as you do me. And if I come to find out you're being disrespectful to Mr. or Mrs. Forget your parents. You're going to have to deal with me and you're not going to like it. That's I have no difference between parents. The only reason I said like we're parents is so everybody understands what I'm talking about. They're paraprofessionals. They are underappreciated across the board. And they're one in these school districts. The one where I'm at, they are making, uh, I want to say 11, $11 an hour. And they got... Sometimes they even pull the paras from time to substitute. Like, oh, hey, we, I, we need you to watch this class. And I'm like, you wonder why these paras are getting burned out and not coming back. Hell, we got signs on the side of our road begging for people to become substitutes. It is crazy to just the shortage. And I've in the district I was at, there was a, there's still a shortage of subs. And I'm just like, it baffles. I wouldn't say it baffles me, but again, no one. 
I'm like, of course, no one wants to substitute or no one wants to become a teacher because have you seen uh, the way that we're being treated across the board from all aspects? What was that? I can't remember where it was at, but that substitute that was in that classroom and that student yeeted that desk and busted him in the head. I forgot where that was at, but I heard about it. I'm like, that was no. a substitute. I'm like, you think, you think somebody made a great a meme and I, I, I laughed way too hard at it. I was like, but you need to start subs- teaching, uh, treating substitute at jury duty. You get stuck in a week and they tell you go to you're going to go to the school and then you get to substitute. And I guarantee there'll be a major change in how education is put out. That is you so got jury great. Duty. You got substitute duty this week. No, man. Uh, I have to go in and just wait for them to see if they're going to use me. And it's, it's oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, you go report to the school. They'll find a use for you. Everybody <laughs> do your civic duty. That would I think we would all just die laughing. Because you would just wait for that one kid's parent to come in. I What I loved is when I taught fourth grade, I had a, a parent come in. And she, she was like, my daughter never does this. My daughter never does anything. She's and not then. like this at home. <laughs> and she came in and she goes, do you mind if I sit in class? I was like, you know what? Usually I want 24 hours notice type thing. I was like, you know what? Feel free. Have a seat. This kid was on it perfect acted the same way she did for me every day and i do i don't even look at like do you know your mother's in the back of the classroom watching you right now right yes you have to go home with her later today you remember that this is your mother right that i'm confirming wouldn't do i couldn't get her to do an ounce of work couldn't participate nothing i was like thank you Within a week, that teacher, I was, uh, the kid was pulled from my class because it was my fault, not the kids, that she wouldn't do work. Okay, so like, let's talk about that. So when, <laughs> when did the accountability for parents just get thrown out the window? And this is where I'm going to vent my frustrations because I'm just ca- coming off hot of heels. I'm just coming hot off the presses. This is breaking news. I just had a meeting with my principal going over this exact same thing literally today. Ah. I'm like, <laughs> when, go, did go. Get, when did the accountability with parents to their students like when did that go away? So here is where my issue is not getting into specifics, but I appreciate there are many forms of communication options that we can use to inform our parents. Emails, if you use Remind Class of Dojo, Google Classroom, all kinds of stuff where parents have access to everything and I can communicate with them. What frustrates me to hell and back is the multiple notifications that I send out saying your child is on the brink of failing my class or is failing my class. Please respond at with anything so we can figure out what we're going to do from here. Again, that's not the academic terms, but that's just a shorthand version of it. Yeah, of course. I will tell you. So we only have eight weeks of school left for the school year. Mind you, we started back in the middle of August. That whole entire time between when we started school to now, I have heard nothing from any of my middle school parents all year long. The only time I got to talk to parents was at back to school night in September, and that has been it. Yeah, the most common response I get back from parents is email undelivered or, undel- <laughs> or email address undeliverable. 
I, I, I swear, if I send out what we call as a DNF report, we try to do it at least once a month, keyword try, and the documentations, I attempted to contact them. They want everybody to go in, and I love the program that we use because I can send an email to all the parents that of all my Ds and Fs, and it documents it in the student documentation folder. So it, it kicks it right in there and says, hey, this was sent out on this date. So they get to see it. But most of the time I get back, if I were to send 40, I guarantee over 50% are going to get undeliverable due to the e bad email address. Why haven't you heard me? Oh, I'm sorry, Big Booty Mama 62 or at oh, hotmail.com. Nice. It's, it's those addresses out there. I'm like, come on, work with, work with this. Or why is my kid failing? All of us, he's such a great student. Have you looked at your absence, your students' absences? I can't literally. teach him if he won't show up. Literally. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to drop everything the minute the kid becomes motivated and get him to pass. Which, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I won't do the, the leg. The kid's got to meet me halfway. I said, I will bend over backwards for a kid that wants to retest and reassess and relearn all day long. But don't get motivated the last week of the nine weeks going, what can I do to pass? How can I bring my grade up 10 points? I turn grades in tomorrow, right? And you're going to come to me the day before going, what can you do to pass the class? You have 30 absences in this last nine weeks. You have turned nothing in. And you want to know what you can do to pass? The work. Work, any, just anything, just do the work. Sorry, ranting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what this is for. We love our jobs and we love what we do, but like any profession, there are just those key moments where just you know what. And the funny thing is, at least from my experience, unless other people, when we tell them these things are in the education field, most of them are just like, I don't understand what you're mad about. I'm like, you don't understand because you're not in these trenches out here. I'm like, do you know how frustrated <laughs> it is? Is that we're in charge of this ch child's academic, or in our cases, it's like I'm in charge of this specific subject area in for their grade level, and I'm like, you have no idea how frustrating it is to try to work with the parent here to help improve this child's academic performance and overall being, and I get nothing. Mm -hmm. But it's you're somehow supposed to teach the kid that won't do a work, that won't do anything. You're supposed to be able to reach this child. It's at some point. So again, every teacher has a different grading policy, but of all the middle school teachers at where I'm currently at, the kids are like, dang, you're like the hardest one. I'm like, why? Because I don't let you guys turn in late work like five days after I assigned it. No, that's not how that works. If you're absent or if you at least tell me, hey, I need extra time, like I'm willing to give it to you. Communicate. That's I've asked <laughs> that. Just Hey, I fucked off. I played Fortnite. I, I, I was playing Call of Duty. I didn't get this done. All right, cool. What do you need? And I get two more days all day long. Tell me what you need. Hey, I didn't have a chance to get this done. I was working. Hey, I forgot about it. Anything. Take responsibility for it. But the problem is you, they start seeing that and they see it as a sign of weakness. And they go, I don't have to do anything. I can turn stuff in the last day. I'm like... No, I had a parent, actually, that was last year. I kid you not. 
I wrote on my board, and I had it up for two weeks, the last day I'm accepting assignments on the board, and I wrote it big, not little, it was big. This is the last day I'm accepting assignments. The mom, because the kid come in, tried to turn it, says, no. I said, I told you I'm not accepting assignments beyond this date. He went home, told mom didn't even, didn't even reach out to me. She went straight to the assistant principal. Not even to my admin, went straight to the assistant principal who called me down. And I talked to him about it and I told him everything and I showed him because I'm, I'm really great at documenting and saving my emails and everything. So the last time this mother contacted me was back in February. By the way, this is the end of the year. And so I turned around and I said, what? If he turns it in, I will make an exception because it's an active parent. She acknowledged that the kid's having, he, he slacked off. But mind you, it was an online assignment. So I got to see, because I love doing this one with Google Docs, you can go into version history and see when it was created and when it was started and when it was finalized. You can see all those gr nice, great dates. He didn't start doing it until the day after everything was done. So I put it up that I want to say it was the 20th. It, stowed, it showed him starting that assignment on the 21st. We're on the 23rd when I'm... I'm talking to my principal or my assistant principal on this one. And so I turn around and say, you know what? To make it easier, go ahead. Turn it in. I will grade it. And so I graded it. And she goes, oh, these were nothing. This wasn't an assessment on his skills. He put this down as a summative grade. That was just to pad the grade book. You're going to yell at me for not grading your kid's work. But then I grade it. And I get berated. Help me understand that one at all. It's like the Twilight Zone. There is no understanding. <laughs> it's, 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 where's the responsibility? When you know the why is my student failing? If you can see that they're failing on the website, because I take it you guys have uh, use something like Focus or Canvas or some one of those programs. Yeah, our parents are able to check the grades. That's what makes me so upset. I'm just just like, why? Is I don't want failing? any. Look at the screen. Exactly. I don't give any of my parents excuses because I have one student and I m mom was nice enough beginning of the year. She literally laid the whole situation out. Very like low income household. Mom works like three different jobs just to scrape by. The only time that he gets Internet is like when he stays at his cousin's house and that's where he does his work. So I'm like, OK. If that student can do all his work on time, given that he probably doesn't get home until almost one o'clock in the morning when mom comes, gets him from the cousin's house, and then she still manages to get him ready and up to take him to school the next day. If he can do it, there is no excuse for the rest of my students and their families to do that. If she can do it, you parents and families that have it so much easier can do it. There is no excuse. Oh, yeah. When you got kids, they're like, yeah, my only Wi-Fi access is when I can go to Whataburger and I sit in the parking lot and do my homework. You have the unlimited time to turn anything in but you're, because they're actively trying to do it. But the one who sits at home, doesn't have to work to support the family, hangs out and plays on their phone, doesn't pay attention. I'm supposed to bend over backwards for them. No, we need a time. I, I swear we need to get it to the point where. We need summer school. These kids need the pain. 
no, no credit recovery is a course for students that had legit issues. We, we have, I don't know if you guys do anything like that. So if a student fails a course, or at least the uh, one of the semesters, they can go into credit, take these tests, or redo the lessons online, take these tests, and then get credit for the course, which is nothing more than it is what it is. So they yeah. need to know, I don't need to do work in class. I can just go to credit recovery. I can take six months worth of court or six months worth of school chop it up and throw it into two weeks get done with that and i get my credit for that that half of the semester what's their incentive i remember when i went through school if i failed a course i either had to repeat the course or summer school and if i didn't choose summer school i had to repeat the course and if that put me off track is then i couldn't graduate on time guess what i was on the five-year plan for high school that's what you ha- that's what you did that was your motivator to to do the work to turn it in but now let's bend over backwards let's make every caveat possible for these kids to just just get by because what are we really producing what are we really putting out in the world when all we're not holding anybody to standard see now this is just my perception but i think for you, it's scarier because you're a high school teacher. So most of these kids, when they graduate, they're adults in regular society. So just that thought just is just scary. And then on my end of things, it's a little bit different, but that fear takes a different toll, especially for my eighth graders and some of the ones that I'm nervous for. I'm like, they're not going to survive high school. They're not. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't. And at some point, it's just I don't know. What else I can do to try to get a hold of parents? I'll even take them yelling at me. At least that's some form of response. But for me personally, not getting any type of response is the most annoying thing for me. Like, I'd rather get yelled at in an email or yelled at in person. I'm like, listen, at least you're talking to me finally. I'll take take, that at this point. I will take an engaged parent over disengaged any day of the week. And I'll even, I'll joke and I'll laugh about it. I've had a parent message me at 12 o'clock at night asking a question. And I'm like, I'm not answering that right now. I could have, I don't care if I'm up. That's my time. But I had one, we were on spring break and I got an email notification that they emailed me. And I looked at this thing. My daughter turned in this assignment, but it's still showing is missing in the grade book. Okay, your daughter, and I, you know, I was like, let me look at this real quick, because I've got, I, I had some downtime, but I chose to look, and I looked, and I was like, your daughter turned this assignment in yesterday, which was, I think, was Thursday. We are already on spring break. It's now Friday when I got this message. I'm like, did you expect me to grade her assignment on spring break? That break that we get as well that your daughter chose to make this assignment 54 days late. I'm supposed to drop at a hat and take my time off to grade your kids at work. Okay. That's the other thing, too. When did parents get so bold to try to... I'm like, ma'am, my contract says that I am responsible for your child from 7.30 to 3.30 in the afternoon. After 3.30... Give or take like maybe four or five o'clock if it's within that time, even six, because depending on when parents get home, like I'll okay with answering emails. But ma'am, it is 10 o'clock at night. I am late in bed. I am trying to go to sleep. Why are you? There's only one or two parents that I will do that for, but that's because their situations, they explain to me 
And so that's usually when they get off work or when yeah. they get home. So then that's the answer is like for those two parents, okay, like yeah. that, I can, they told me ahead of time. And so I'm like, cool, you communicated with me. That's fine. But for everyone else, I'm like, ma'am, it is like close to midnight here. First of all, what are you doing up so late? Is everything okay? <laughs> Second of all, I am asleep. So you will get this response when I am either awake or when I've had enough of the good go-go juice of caffeine in my system. <laughs> it's like, come on now. Exactly. I'm like, so you want me to do, like you said, you want me to do everything for your student here and want them to succeed, but you can't communicate back to me. You can't answer me back. Even an okay, a thumbs up emoji in an email, like I will take that. Like, exactly. okay, Something. whatever. It's some sort of response. It's yeah. the, the audacity Crazy. of it that that they that, that think that we are acts where uh, we have access at all times. We don't have lives. It's the same. You, I know you've ran into some of your students outside of school and they look at you. What are you doing here? But it's, it's they're like, oh, what are you doing here? And you're like, I don't live at school. I have a life. And it, that goes in that goes in beyond. It's just the idea that teachers cannot have something that is not school related that whole professional that professionalism thing that god forbid a teacher is seen out in public imbibing of any type of beverage of adult variety mm -hmm. or making videos on a, a stupid app that we could all laugh at for teehees and ha -ha's and shits yeah, exactly. and giggles we don't know people like that and nobody does that <laughs> shh, shh, shh. at draw backwards at tiktok no anyways <laughs> shameless plug but I've got coworkers. She made a video, but of course, parents sit there and come at, came at her for that. Oh my God. She was in a bathing suit. Oh my God. Okay, so this is a related story and it literally just happened to me like a month you and a half ago. You got your students found a picture of you in a bathing suit, Speedo and all. It would know it had to be scary for him. Once a right. trauma counselor show up. It was <laughs> insane. No, but in all seriousness, so I keep my social media private anyways, in general, even before I became a teacher, because I didn't want people to be nosy and look up my stuff or whatever. But mm. it stayed private since I created those when I was in high school. So this is like 11 plus years of all that. But more recently, because I'm running like different games and tabletop games and stuff like that and recording them with podcasts and Twitch streams and all that. Sometimes I use my social media for those specific projects to do stuff. I don't care how I don't know when. So I'm on a Twitch stream playing a game. And then I'm like looking in the comments and I noticed that there was this like random commentary. I was like, huh, I've never seen this person before. And then they literally, I forgot what the username was. It was like, yeah, that's my math teacher. You go. I'm like, oh, no. How did they find it? Like, <laughs> I started freaking the fuck out. I'm like, holy shit. I was like, if their parents find out and then they're going to tell my principal. And I'm just like, Ugh. I hate that there's no privacy anymore. Like, what do my students privacy. or the it's parents? Just it's just they just look. Like I had my students tell me because I'm the new math teacher this year. I had students come up to tell me my parents looked up, at, looked you up on social media and stuff like that. I'm like, OK, like I figured. But even still, I've like the audacity of these parents. I'm like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like, can I have a private life? Yeah. What's worse than I get is. 
My mom found your TikToks last night. I haven't had that yet, but I've came very close. It's scary. It's it's scary. It is because I'm like, which one? And they're like, all of them. I was like, what to go? Yeah, we swiped through your page about all last night for a couple hours. And I was like, oh, it doesn't help. I'm not I'm I try to stay humble. It's one of my I guess you can say toxic traits. I I'm not I'm not narcissistic, but I know what I look like. And actually, I got a funny one on that one because we were at Universal. I got called a lumber snack. I mean, yeah, yeah shut up. But yummy. Yeah. <laughs> Parent teacher conferences. Or it's not sorry, it was an open house. And the audacity of this mom to legit walk out of my classroom and go to her son who is in my class. Man, I sure could take a history class. Guess who was right next to mom? Why? Uh, <laughs> no, dad. Oops. Her husband. Oof. I'm like, audacity, y'all. So that's... Just... I'm like, y'all trying to get fights started in here. So I haven't had that experience yet with moms. I've had a couple of single dads. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm just like, listen, I know where I stand. I know where I stand. I'm not going to be mad at it. But at the same time, I'm like, that's going to be awkward. I don't want your student calling me this and dad at the same time. <laughs> that would be really weird. Yeah. And I don't know how to, I'm not ready for all that. I see the worst one I got was elementary. That's the worst because it hits off the thing. But through the students calling you dad, I, I had one student. She's like, you're like my dad. I don't have one. Oh, my God. Oh, come here. <laughs> Poor thing gave the kid a hug. I was like, come here. Poor kid. But it's the idea that, you know, we hit more like 20 topics. We bounced across so many for an opening episode here. But, yeah, but it's the idea that, you know, that our lives are so out there that we feel that we can, that everything we do can be judged by parents, by coworkers. I've had my TikToks were ratted on. I'm, I'm going to use the term to say what it was. They didn't have the audacity, the testicular fortitude to come up and address it to me. They're down the street. They're my, they're my downstreet neighbors. But they had a problem with it, with my TikToks. And instead of bringing it to me and addressing it, or, hey, having your child not follow me, they snitched on me to my principal, who, you know, with out of the respect, I said, you know what? Hey, I will stop making talks on school grounds he was like that would be awesome thank you it was out of it is out of respect to him because the man's i'm trying i know that he's trying to keep the peace and i can fight you can fight that issue and i was like you know what i'm just gonna make it easier on both of us i said i'm not gonna make any more tiktoks in school but the fact that the parent felt that they had the right to do that you see that a teacher gets seen out in public and that's the talk i don't get it that's my biggest fear because I haven't had that happen to me yet. I've had it come close, but I haven't had that happen yet. And that scares me to death only because all between me and you, we you do all these extra things because it's an outlet for us to just be creative and stuff like that. So, yeah, like I do this because it's creative and it's an outlet for me. And listen, everyone has their own version of fun. This is my version of fun. But honestly, I would be frightened if 
a parent came up be like to my principal and be like, hey, Mr. is like on this podcast or whatever. And if my principal listens to it now, granted, I think she would be OK with it because my principal's cool. And I, when she hired me, I'd let her know everything. This is I let her look through my social medias and stuff like that because I'm like, I have nothing to hide. Like I'm boring <laughs> for the most yeah. part anyways. But there's always that little voice in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, man, what is she tells me? Like, no, you can't do this. I'm like, don't do this to me. I would have to if I wanted to keep my job, but I'll be like, don't it's do this today. Is, I'm, I'll sit there and say, I, like you said, we do what we do and we get on the, the so, social media and it's an outlet for us. I make those stupid videos because it allows me to have a creative thing. It allows me to voice some humor. It's really a great outlet for us. But then we turn around and we're putting ourselves out there, but we're not supposed where we shouldn't to them we shouldn't be able to do that when I got when mine got I couldn't make school accounts I went into a funk I did there was a little bit of depression there where you turn around and you're like this was such a big piece of me and I was able to share this and it was able to bring joy and other teachers we could find common ground and we could laugh together about this and I could show other veterans that what it's that you can become a teacher there was a whole myriad of things that we, that I, I did and when I stopped me making them in school it really sucked it was just like it's funky but all because somebody didn't like the fact that i might hold different beliefs than they did of the religious aspect but i never voiced i never voiced Mm -hmm. my i don't voice i don't prosthesize in in school, if a student asks me about something, I will give them facts on the material, but I will not sit there and say one's better than the other. I will not badmouth anybody. I will not badmouth anybody's religious choices or not. Everybody has their own. But the individual that snitched on me did in the fact of because my beliefs are different than his. And that's so disappointing, too, because... As teachers, we strive, at least those of us who do this in our classroom, we strive to let our students know, be like, everyone comes from all different walks of life. Not everyone agrees on everything. They have different beliefs in you. But we are together in this room for the next however long for the course of this year. So you don't got to be best friends at the end of the day, but there has to be a mutual understanding and a respect towards everyone's viewpoint, even if you don't agree with it. That's how society works, mm-hmm. or at least it's supposed to. It's anyways. supposed to, yeah. And I had that actually happen in my classroom a uh, week before spring break kicked off. Somebody brought up the idea of two genders. They're like, how many genders are there? And I was like, oh, if we want to have this conversation, we can have this conversation in class. And I have in my in that period itself, I've got pretty much one side is going to be more conservative and then the other side of the classroom. It's just how that 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 class period is set up. The other side is more liberal, if you will, which is fine. Hey, you're going to sit next to people that you're, you have stuff in common. But I said, if we're going to have this conversation in class, I said, we are going to respect each other's opinions. I said, you can disagree cannot like somebody else's opinions but you will be respectful and we will not have any name calling and everybody will get a chance to have their voice heard we understand and they were like yes sir and i was like okay you guys can have it because they need they need to have conversations about this when we stop talking 
to each other, getting these kids to stop talking, they're going to stop learning. I don't want drones. You don't want it to just have somebody who sits there, shuts up, and think. I want kids that use critical thinking. Isn't that where we're supposed to be teaching them? Utilize critical thinking skills? Yeah, there's a different soapbox getting on there for a few minutes. (laughs) This is going to be great for future content down the road. (laughs) But to echo your point, too, because where I'm at now, I'm... In a weird way, I was a little hesitant because I was given a like religion course that I needed to teach to. And I'm just like, what am I doing here? (laughs) It's like, wait, what? How do you do that? But then I'm like, you know what? We're just going to roll with it and see what happens. And honestly, having converse again, these are sixth graders. So take it with a grain of salt. But they have some amazing brains that ask all these different questions. And I'm just like. You know what? Let's just talk about it in the context, you know, of the thing. The only thing I ask is, like you said, we respect each other's opinion and we don't talk over each other as we're having this conversation, which is harder because these are like 10, 11 year olds. But even still. But you can still they can still realize that they can talk to each other without just blatantly just yelling. You're a stupid head. Yeah. You know, it's the basic ideas on that. It's. When did we stop being able to talk to teachers or the parents talking to teachers and realizing that we're just as human as they are? I don't know, Mike. I really don't. And that's what baffles me. It's just like we somewhere along the way, our profession got put in a box with expectations that we're supposed to X, Y and Z and keep this facade. I'm like, no, I'm like, I didn't if I wanted to play by the book i would have done some other profession i'm like i looked at the rule book i threw it out the window and i'm going to figure out how we're going to do this thing (laughs) as we go along those basic guidelines those rules that they threw at us when when you first started hey this is what you should try to do you know Uh, what try to if some of them work cool they're tools for a tool but i have a kid that will will not do an ounce of work but guess what i can get him to do work when i play cod what we, I'll get on and play Call of Duty, and we'll do a couple matches every now and then. But it's, I use it as a, I don't tell him it, but I tell it's a little bit of a reward. He's, oh, we're going to play. So you're going to do your work? And he's, maybe. And I was like, then maybe we play. And we jump on. We'll play some Call of Duty, run around. But it's those things. Should I play Call of Duty with my kids? I don't think there's anything wrong, but there, you'll have people that go, oh, that's unprofessional. And I'm like, really? How is it unprofessional? to connect with kids. You sent that article to me that the teacher used to take their kids over to their, or the teacher would take the kids to the house for and have a ice cream, you know, the, the, the student of the week or for their birthday. I, did, I remember my second grade teacher, Miss Connor, and I still remember, which is actually surprising that I even remember that for how many years ago that was. She had everybody's birthday in class written down and she would call the parent and schedule a time to take us all out to McDonald's on our birthday. Imagine if you were to try to do that now. You can't even getting to do a field trip is a nightmare with all that stuff. I'm just like, I can't do anything with them because there's there's always one person or one parent that has a problem with it. I'm like, ma'am, I'm just trying to take your I'm trying to take your kid this is what I'm facing with now because we're planning to do a sixth grade trip in May. And so we did all the fundraisers that we could and we got enough to pay our way to Six Flags or Knott's Berry Farm as a class. And 
I want to reward these kids because they put in the work. They helped me with the fundraisers. They, because I told them, like, you want to do fundraisers? You guys need to chip in with the supplies. I'm not going to be paying for everything. Yeah, and so no. they're fat, they've chipped in, they put in the work, and I want to reward them. But trying to get parents, I'm like, you guys, I'm like, ma'am, we are just going to be going to a theme park for a couple hours, and then we will be back. Why are we making this so much more difficult than it has to be? Report, I'm trying to report your child here for doing a good job well done. And you're trying to take that away from them. Don't be that parent. Yes. It's tough. It really is trying to do something normal or even, it's getting difficult to not even just not even the above and beyond. It's just to do normal, basic things. It's sad that when I try to give advice, because these kids, especially mine, as high schoolers, they, they need somebody to listen to them. But if I were to give them advice, somebody could say, oh, that's grooming. Especially if it was a relationship advice, because they were like, oh, my boyfriend's doing this. And I'm like, well, you need to make sure that you're being taken care of, that you don't, you're not messing with anybody who's going to try to pressure you or anything. As a male teacher, they'd be like, oh, you're grooming that, that girl. No. I'm like, you know? I, am a, uh, I am a guy. I went through that phase, so I have firsthand yeah. experience of what other guys are, because sometimes we can be turds. We can yeah. be sometimes, especially at that age. I told my daughter, you know, when she was in high school, I said, boys only want one thing in high school. Trust me, it's not a relationship. And she decided we wouldn't come up, and they were like, hey, like, Mr. And you look like you give good dad hugs, because they know that I have kids. And I was like, yeah, I, I said, I, I have been told that I, I give some good dad hugs by my kids. And they're like, can I get a dad hug from you? Just, but if somebody were to come in, this you gotta, that, that, even that has to be thought is ridiculous. Just being there to talk to them. If a kid wants privacy and I'm like, mm -mm, nope, sorry. I says, we can be in my classroom, but the door's going to be open. Male or female student, I'm like, it's sad that we even have to be there because that kid wants to try to tell me something. And, or I'll sit there and you know what, let me go get another teacher and we can have, then we can have this talk in private. It's making it difficult for teachers to connect because what do they tell us? It's all about building those relationships, right? And it's hard to build those relationships when we're limited in that capacity of what we can do. And for me, it's even tougher too because I call I, my students know this. I call them my babies because for the year you're my babies while you're here at school. So the sixth graders are my babies this year. And these are like 10, 11 year olds, and a lot of them are still very developing the emotional maturity. So a lot of them are still emotionally sensitive to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, when I see one of my sixth graders start crying because someone was being mean to them, I'm like, how are you going to tell me I can't give this child a hug? He's literally bawling tears and coming to me. And like, I was like, and again, this is probably not the most professional thing to do. Thus, the name of this podcast, but, yeah. but <laughs> I don't so care. Like, I, I give yeah. the student a hug. Yeah, I'm like, this child is crying. I'm going to comfort them. They don't need, oh, let's process this. I'm like, no, this child needs a hug right now. You tell them it's yeah. going to be okay and that if they need to take the time to go cry a little bit or they need to wipe their tears in the bathroom, then I'm going to let them do it. But don't tell me I'm not allowed to do it. <laughs> I'm right there with you on that. That's tell me the kid that's you know, when I had a kid come in, and this is the same kid that last year tells me they didn't think they could get into college. And 
now they're receiving offers to colleges that the school seeks out. They're like, hey, set each school, they, they research all the kids in the district and say, hey, I want to offer without even apl- them applying to this school. I would like them to come here to us. And she came into my classroom and was like, I just got accepted. I'm going to the University of Alabama next year. Heck yeah. Because she got into the nursing program up there. She's like, I got, it's a, you know, first year freshman. So it's like the pre-nursing program type thing. But she's like, that's what she wanted to do. And you're going to tell me she's going to want up and she wants to consult. She doesn't have anybody at home that gives two shites about her. And what's going to happen? Come here. Tell her that I'm proud of her. But I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to sit there and have personal style relationships with them. I'm like, isn't that what they want from us? Isn't that what they we were supposed to have to connect with these kids on the one-on-one? Yeah, it's tough. These kids are these kids are going through a lot, especially the kids in this day and age with everything that they're being overloaded with just in general. I'm just like, I am glad that we had our little moments when we were younger and minors. And then just looking at everything that these kids are experiencing right now, I'm just like, I do not envy you. I am learning alongside with you. We're going to get through this together. But if you if I'm not given the space to do so, then what am I here for? (laughs) I think on that note, (laughs) I think we have pretty much said everything that we wanted to for this go around. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got a couple episodes worth of material right there. But we're definitely going to do it. But it needs to be done. This is a nice sounding board to just get stuff out there because we're not the only ones feeling. This is something I guarantee is shared across our career. Mm-hmm. whole career field. Mike, this was a pleasure to get to do with you. And this always, is the first brother, always. It's like first episode. We made it <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, later than we wanted to. But sure, it works. Honestly, it was totally worth it. Now <laughs> that things are starting to slow down a little bit. I look I'm looking forward to every time we do this. But oh, yeah. For those of you tuning in, thank you for sticking with us all the way to the end. Hope you learned something. And if not, you see then you just stayed on watching us. <laughs> if anyone's going to stay subscribed, please do, because we want this to succeed. Or if you just stayed because you just wanted to hear all the gossip and tea, you're welcome too. you yeah. get a little insight in just everything that we basically deal with on a daily basis. So it's a lot of fun. But from Team Eminem, I'll come up with a better name later. Yeah, we'll figure something out. <laughs> we'll workshop it later. This is Mikey and Mike signing off for the night. So remember, everyone, take care of each other, love one another. And until next time, see you later. Bye.